This episode of Missy Unfiltered is brought to you by Pizza Rock Las Vegas. two idols growing up, both of which had very strong take-no-shit personalities. My sister is six years older than me, and my brother, ten. My brother was the coolest person on the west side of Youngstown, and my sister, the hottest. When I was in the fifth and sixth grade, my sister was a junior and a senior, so during my most awkward time in life, all of the boys my age were obsessed with her. I tried to be just like her. Well, she received the best-dressed award as a senior— I was getting made fun of wearing her clothes. See, the plastic pants and go-go boots worked for her, but they didn't translate the same for a fifth grader. I remember one day I wore a black and white leopard print skirt and knee-high, shiny pleather go-go boots of my sister's, and I thought I was hot shit. Unfortunately, every day I had to walk through the sixth grade hallway to get to my locker, and when those girls saw my outfit, they literally started pointing and laughing at me. I was so embarrassed. Of course, I couldn't pull off the same outfit as my sister. I looked and felt like an idiot. After homeroom, I called my grandpa to bring me a new pair of shoes. I was never good at confrontation. My brother would be the first one to pop you in the mouth if you got out of line, and my sister would just call you a hater and brush it off. I've always been self-conscious of the way I looked. It took a long time to embrace my height, and as a kid, my knobby knees and long neck made me look like a giraffe or Bambi on ice. My hair didn't lay right, and my skin wasn't smooth. I don't think I really blossomed until maybe my junior year of high school, but even then I still felt like I wasn't good enough. My loudmouth and attention-seeking personality was definitely a defense mechanism for how insecure I was. So most people would call me arrogant or obnoxious. But as an adult, I look back on a lot of situations and I think I could have opened my mouth and stood up for myself, but I didn't. Like when those girls made fun of me, I could have laughed at them or at least told them to go fuck themselves. (laughs) One specific situation that always stuck with me was the last time I would dance my senior year. I was on the dance line from 7th grade until 12th grade. I tried out for cheerleading a few times but never made it. That lanky, knobby knee thing and the toe touch never really worked together for me. And it was tradition that every year, the last basketball game, the cheerleaders would join the dancers for the final halftime dance. There were only three dancing seniors that year, but maybe 10 cheerleaders. So the cheer team, they made the formation and they put me and another dancer in the back. And instead of saying like, Hey, I've been dancing halftime for six years, and this is going to be my last. I'm co-captain of the dance team, and I deserve to be in the front. Remember that whole Bambi on ice thing? Yeah, that was me dancing too, (laughs) which side note, my mom even told me, and this was years after I graduated, that it was painful to watch me dance. She denies it now, but I know for a fact that she said it. I love you, mom. I'm not mad. I totally understand. And instead of confronting these girls, the other back row dancer and I ran up to the front mid-routine and finished off where we belonged. And I tell you, I don't even think we knew the dance, but we were so happy to do what we did. 
And after it was all over, we sat in the locker room where they talked shit about us. And I pretended like I didn't care. You know, I want to teach my girls to be strong and stand up for themselves in life. You know, even just to say like, hey, I'm not okay with this. And maybe the other person would be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Or even if the girls just tell them to go fuck themselves. Because those insecurities follow you through life. And at some point, you're going to be an adult and have a job and a coworker that steps on your toes or belittles you. You know, life isn't fair. It's dog eat dog. And you might be the most qualified for a promotion or a raise, but it's going to go to somebody else if you're not willing to stand up for yourself. I've never been good at asking for things either. I remember back in my pageant days, I would have to ask for sponsorship. It was expensive to compete, plus the dress and the bathing suit and the suit and everything else. So I had to go around and ask local businesses for money, and I hated doing it. It felt so weird to just say to someone like, hey, give me your money for no reason. Your business is going to be featured in a pageant book that they hand out in a city six hours away. <laughs> like You can't sell that. you know. And then I thought it was like this huge incentive to tell them that it was a tax write-off because for some reason I thought they would get their money back. You know, I didn't know anything about taxes. You know, I had this massage therapist sponsor me and it was weird because like when I asked him for the money and the sponsorship, he kind of convinced me to ask him to give me massages every couple weeks, you know, to relax me before the competition. Looking back, it was a little strange, but thank you to that man because he basically paid for my whole pageant and gave great massages. <laughs> Even in... <laughs> Oh uh, God, sorry, just remembering that. Um, even as a cocktail waitress in Las Vegas, I was never a great upseller. You know, when you lack that confidence of your look, it's really hard to convince a man that he should do anything, especially give you his money. Um, I actually old us, undersold a customer once and he tipped me extra for being honest with him about getting his bang for his buck with this one champagne bottle and for not hustling him. So I guess confrontation and then not being able to ask for anything ties into my fear of rejection, which can also tie into my social anxiety disorder. I always thought that I was a very social person, but now the thought of being around a lot of people makes me like really uncomfortable, like no thanks. You know, when you arrive at a gathering and no one says hi to you or you don't know anyone, so you just stare at your phone. This actually happened to me yesterday. <laughs> I went to this rally and there were so many people like seeing other people and saying hi. And I was just like, eh. I mean, also I had a mask and glasses and a hat on. So maybe people didn't recognize me. But in my brain, that's what I'm just going to convince myself of that. Maybe people just didn't recognize me. <laughs> like think of when you're in an elevator, you either pull out your phone or you stare at the changing floor numbers. You don't just stare at the people in the elevator. But wouldn't that be wild? Maybe try it next time. Just stare at the other people in the elevator when you get in or when they get in. You know, of course, when we're allowed to be in elevators with people again. But not being able to confront people, it can affect your relationships. You know, if you have a problem with something that your husband does or doesn't do, but you never say anything, it's not going to change. And that conversation is never good in the heat of the moment. I remember I asked my husband one time to make a list of things about me that bother him. And I would do the same. Like the little things, like maybe I always move his soap to a different spot after I used it, or maybe I have a bad habit of leaving a cupboard, op cupboard open and it bothers him, which none of these things seem like a big deal, but think of that one fight that you get into and all of a sudden he just yells like, and you always leave the fucking cupboard open. Like, <laughs> come on, how many times have you been in an argument with your significant other and you or they, you know, pull something out of left field just to throw a jab 
and get the upper hand. And it comes out of nowhere and you're like, what? I didn't even know that was something that bothered you. Like you let this fester up for how long, you know? Um, and I think by listening and listing those things in a calm environment, it just makes you think like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that bothered you. And then you could be more conscious of it and care. You know, I don't fight with my husband ever. I do not like confrontation. So if we have a small argument, it never lasts more than an hour or so. You know, if I was a bitch to him, I'm gonna apologize. Like even if I was a bitch because he did something, I don't just like that tension in the air. And I know that if he was mean or snippy with me about something, at some point he's gonna calm down and apologize and you know, whatever his reaction was to that situation. And then we could talk about it later. Cause at the end of the day, you're spending your life with these people. You know, you should be able to sit down and have a conversation with them and not feel like you're harassing them or, you know, you shouldn't snap back at them. Like you guys should be able to sit down and have this talk. Right. <clears throat> but most of the reasons that we don't confront people or these issues is because we just don't want to deal with it, you know, in hopes that it'll just go away or get better over time. And there's a fine line when that comes to work because you don't want to be that person that's constantly bitching. No one wants to deal with that. Not your boss, not your coworkers. You know, even as a person who manages people, I still have a boss to answer to, and I have other managers that are on my level. So, you know, I, I get it from all ends. <laughs> so, you know, if it's one thing if I have an issue and I want to sit down with my boss and talk about it, but the other managers, they don't want to sit there and listen to me complain all day long about something. And if I'm not doing anything about it, especially. And you know, it can be intimidating to sit down with your boss when you have a problem. You know, you might fear that they're going to try and get rid of you for being combative about something. You know, they might look at you like you're stupid, <laughs> but, you know, how are they going to know that there's a problem if you don't sit down and talk about it in a professional way? You know, not when you're irate or in front of other coworkers. It's just, you know, it's not professional. But you really have to ask yourself, is saying something worth the headache? Because at the end of the day, you still have to work there with or for these people. Is it worth the blowback that you're gonna get possibly, you know, maybe by showing them that somebody's wrong and you're right in a situation? Because let's be honest, we all still work for human beings and sometimes they do act out of emotion. For example, if I felt like I was on the shit end of an unfair situation and I talked to my boss about it, he might agree with me and he might even reprimand the person who was wrong, but it might not end there. You know, I still have to work with the people that are involved in this. Is this one situation worth having to deal with that other person watching my every move and trying to get me in trouble after that? You know, cause that person's gonna be pissed. You know, they, they feel betrayed, like someone from their team told on them or got them in trouble. Like if I had, okay, say I had a cocktail waitress tell on another cocktail waitress for being in the bathroom for 35 minutes. Don't you think that every time that girl goes to the bathroom, she's gonna be timing her? because she told on her first, you know, we're all human and we definitely don't want to be in a bad light with our employer. And you know, listen, even though that girl might know that she's wrong for taking a long bathroom break, she's still going to be pissed at the other girl and let everyone else know about it. So we deal with these things because the confrontation and the possible blowback might be worse. You know, and I think everyone should, you know, stand up for the things that they believe in. And if you feel like you've been wronged or treated unfairly, like, yeah, it could be worth it to say something, but no, I don't want to stress myself out about a conversation with my boss that may get me what I want, but may ultimately make my everyday job less enjoyable. And let's face it, like I really enjoy my job, so I'm not going to cause more issues for myself and make my time at my job 
boring or angry or you know i feel like i'm walking on pins and needles all the time because i have someone watching me that's trying to get me in trouble so if it involves your spouse unfortunately you're going to have to have those conversation because that's who you're going to spend your life with and it's important to sit them down and tell them how you feel because you're going to go through life every day upset about the things that they do or don't do and then they don't even know about it they don't even know they're doing anything wrong or maybe they do and they don't care um but it's important to communicate and make your relationship better. And as for those girls that made fun of me 23 years ago, go fuck yourself. You can hit me when it's over, what's up? You can hit me when it's over, what's up?